have a story you're bursting to tell the world. Are you sick of being rejected by the publishing establishment? Do you want to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling indie author Steph Green, for Rage Against the Manuscript, where we explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hey writers, Steph here, and welcome to the first episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. This is a little bit of an experiment for me, so I don't know how it's going to go, but we're going to give it a try and we're going to see how it works. So basically, what I'm going to be doing on this podcast is once a week, I'm just going to riff on a question that you guys ask or a a certain thing that I've learnt from self-publishing or a little experiment that I'm trying. And basically, it's all about me learning things and you guys kind of benefiting from me trying new things and you know (laughs) um without having to do them yourself so that's you know that's what we're going to be doing I don't want this to be a like me sitting here and lecturing to you you know do this do that blah 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 blah. don't want it to be like that I want it to be kind of more of a riff and you know more of a like all of us trying things together so yeah so that's what we're doing so our first question this week is from the Rage Against the Manuscript Facebook group and Eloise asked, have you ever done a promotion or advertising that cost a lot of money but you ended up not making it back? And I thought this was a really interesting question because it kind of opens up a, you know, a bit of a story and also because as soon as I heard it I was like, ah, I know exactly when I did that and I can tell you and I can tell you all the things I learned from it. So... To talk about my book, Digging the Wolf. So this is probably the, let me think, it was the seventh, uh, it's probably more like the tenth book I think that I ever published under my romance pen name, which is Stephanie Holmes. So I write paranormal romance, and the thing about paranormal romance is that uh, at the time when I started writing it, what was super trendy and what was really in and what was in all the charts and what everyone was reading was shapeshifters. And there's basically three types of shapeshifters that people like. They like wolves, most of all, Um, you know, like, say, 80% wolves. And then the other 20% is they like dragons, and they like, well, bears was quite big at at the time. And there's been a few books with, like, tigers that have picked up and, like, big cats, but mostly it's wolves, dragons, bears. Now, when I started writing paranormal romance, I decided that I wasn't going to be like everyone else, and I was going to write uh, non-wolf shapeshifters. So, yes, so, so this is me um, being all like, no, I could buck the trend. The first three books that I wrote were fox shapeshifters, and then I wrote a ghost romance story because that's completely the same thing, and then I wrote a raven shapeshifter duet. So I did those things, and they actually sold not not too badly. So I was making a few thousand dollars a month off of these, and that was mainly because at the time there wasn't, you know, there wasn't the glut of kind of self-published books that there are now. So you know, there wasn't so much choice for readers. So they were like, yeah, I'll give, I'll give this fox thing a go. And also I was doing a lot of, I had my the first book in my fox series and quite a lot of box sets at the time. There was kind of like a 
big free-for-all for multi-author box sets at the time. So I had this in quite a lot of box sets. People read the first book and they go, oh yeah, I like the rest of them. So, so it was not, not going too badly. So I decided it was time that I caved under pressure and started writing some actual wolves and tried to make some actual money. I planned out this four book series, which was a wolf shapeshifter series, and each book was about a different couple. And the first book was called Digging the Wolf, and it was about um, set on an archaeological site. And uh, you know, I'm quite proud of this book. So I wrote this book, and I wrote it fully with the intention of it being written to market, it being able to appeal to these readers who really like these certain things about these werewolf romances. So wheels, everything. And then what I did was I got my friend who used to do all my covers to make me a cover for this book. And I sent her 10 books, you know, other books, popular books at the time, and said, basically, I just want a cover like these. And this friend of mine, she's amazing. She's an incredible graphic designer. She, I've worked with her for years. She did, used to do all my websites everything she did, sort of the first book covers that I've ever done. I've still got some of her book covers on some of my books there. She's amazing. But the thing is, is that she's not a romance reader. And she's not really familiar with, you know, what makes a good book cover, let's say. You know, she's really good at website stuff, but, you know, books aren't her market. So she doesn't necessarily know what sells a book or what elements of the books are the ones that we need to pull out and kind of model our own cover off of. So what I got back was this book cover that it, it met all the requirements. It had, you know, the title was big and bold and easy to read. It had a hot guy on it. It had a wolf on it. It had a full moon. It had all these elements. But like it, it's kind of hard to explain, but it was just wrong. It kind of looked like something that you might have seen on the book cover in maybe like the 70s or 80s, but it, it just it just didn't work. But I really liked it, so I decided to use it on this book anyway. And I also decided that because I'd finally written this book that was actually to market, and I had this cover that was to market, well, you know, I thought it was, um, what I was going to do was I was going to invest in advertising in a way that I had never ever done before. Prior to releasing this book, I had done quite a lot of kind of 99 cent promotions where I had uh, put the first book in a series on 99 cents and then, you know, got some newsletters uh, sent out and I'd, I'd sold a lot of books that way. Uh, but people... But other authors in the author community were starting to talk about Facebook advertising and how they were using that. And there was this one author in particular that I followed, and she hired a company to do her Facebook advertising. And I thought, oh, well, that would be really nice. I'll, I will hire someone to do my Facebook advertising because I've got no idea what I'm doing. So that is what I did. I went to the company that she used and I asked them could they do Facebook advertising for this book and they said yes, yes, sure. We have a thousand dollar minimum so you've got to spend, you've got to pay this much money for us to manage the ad and then you've got to spend a thousand dollars on ads. So and this is a huge, huge sum of money for me. So I but I, I really wanted this book to be a success, and I thought, look, this is the first time I've ever written a book that's really to market like this, so I'm going to give it, going to give it the best chance it possibly has. So I said, sure, and I plonked down the money, and the, the book released, and she ran the Facebook ads, and she, she she sent me all this data about the ads that she's run, and this is what they look like, and basically, basically, this book sold. I don't know, maybe. 
10 copies in the first week. It, it was it was terrible. It was awful. I spent over $1,000, and that's $1,000 US, which for me is more like $1,500 New Zealand. I had spent so much money on these ads, and the book hardly sold. It was, I was devastated. And the reason, of course, that it didn't sell was because of this cover. This cover was so completely wrong for my market. It was so completely wrong for the book. And I just couldn't see it. And because I had this relationship with my designer, I, you know, I kind of, I had my blinders on. I just, I didn't want to see that it was wrong. So I was pretty upset about this, this bought release. And I was talking to some other authors on a forum that we were on. And one author who was quite a big name author offered to do catalogue critiques of people and I thought well, maybe this is time for me so I jumped in I said I put my hand up and I said please look at my catalogue please tell me what I've done wrong because I've just released this book and it was to market and you know I know my writing's good because all my other books have you know have a little readership that's growing and they all seem to think my work's quite cool but so so I, I don't know what's wrong and she came back and she said, you need to change your covers. She said, I can't, you, you can't do anything else until you change your covers. All your covers are, you know, like I can see what you're trying to do, but they're all wrong. And she said, you, all you need to do is you just need to get someone, you need to get a designer who knows about the market. So it's not just a good designer, that, that's only a part of the puzzle, but they have to know the market that they're designing for and what those readers are looking for and if you and she gave me a couple of suggestions of people and she said redo all your covers and and then come back and that's exactly what I did I went to one of the designers that she recommended and I said please help me I said I'm at your mercy I I just I need you to redo all my covers I need them to look like a look like a set of books, I need them to look like a series, but I most importantly I just I need them to look like all the other books on the market. Can you do it? And she said, hell yes. I booked in 10 covers to do, so my whole previous series and uh, the four books in this new Wolf series, and I said, can you do them? She did them really, really quickly, turned them around in a couple of weeks I think, and they were just stunning. And what's more, they were exactly what the readers of Wolf Shapeshifter Fiction wanted. Haha! -ha. So, I uploaded these new covers, and lo and behold, this book, Digging the Wolves, finally started to take off. It ended up being the best-selling book that I'd written to date, but that took you know a good couple of months, because those first couple of months had had this terrible, incorrect, not-quite-right-for-it cover. And it would have been really nice if I had known this before I spent so much money on advertising that didn't work. But I didn't. And sometimes that's just what happens with self-publishing. Sometimes we make these mistakes and we don't know at the time. And then we, we come back and we take a step back and we can look at things and we can see, oh, that's what I was doing wrong. That's why it didn't work. So it wasn't that the Facebook advertising didn't work, the, the advertising could have worked perfectly, but the packaging I had put together wasn't selling the book, and that's on me. So, that's my story of when I did some advertising that cost a lot of money, but ended up being a terrible investment. So what can we all take away from this experience? 
So most of the time when I see people posting on the internet about things not working in their self-publishing career, they are talking about, you know, I'm trying all this advertising and it's just not working and maybe Facebook isn't for me or maybe AMS isn't for me or maybe this thing isn't, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. And most of the time the problem is they need to work on one of three things. Their writing, their cover or their blurb. So working on the writing might mean that the book simply isn't up to snuff just yet. It's not quite ready for prime time. And this just means that you need to take a step back and you need to see the problems in your prose and you need to work on your craft. And this is about finding a good editor or good beta readers. And sometimes it's simply more about throwing up your hands and saying, okay, well, we're going to call this series my experimenting series. I published it, it didn't quite work, so now I'm going to move on to the next series and do better. So that's the writing part. Or sometimes it might be that you've got an amazing book, but it's simply something that readers actually don't want to read. So this is your writing to market thing. The book is really good, but there's not a market of readers for what you've written. And unfortunately, all the advertising in the world and all the changes and all the cover changes that you make in the world are not going to find readers for... Uh, you know, a, a random genre that you've created or find readers for a story that doesn't have readers. And that, again, is the point where you have to have to sit back and look at it and say, well, I'm really proud of this book, but I can see why it's not selling. It's not selling because there's no market for it. It's just, it's not something readers want. And that's perfectly okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write the next book and I'm going to pay more attention to what readers actually want this time. Now, when we talk about cover, usually, like me, the problem is that the cover isn't right for the market. It might be a good cover, often it's not, often it's a terrible cover, but it might be a really good cover, but the problem is that that cover is not attracting the kind of readers that read the books that you like. And this, I would say, is by far the most common problem. So if you've got a series and it's not selling no matter what you do, um, this is the second thing that you need to look at is, is it the cover? And the third thing is, is it the blurb? Maybe the cover is attracting people. Maybe the writing's really great. Maybe the book is super to market. Maybe the cover is attracting people, but when they go to your, your product page on Amazon, they read the blurb and they go, Maybe they go to your product page on Amazon and they read the blurb and they think, eh, I don't know, eh, I mean it sounds okay I guess, but there are so many other books to read and I just, eh, just don't, just not feeling it. And you don't want readers to look at your product page and go, eh, you want them to look at that blurb and go, oh my god, I have to read this. I have read two lines of this blurb and I already absolutely must know what happens. And that's, the, and that's why writing blurbs is so hard, because you absolutely cannot waste a single... You absolutely cannot waste a single line of space in those blurbs. You can't have a single word that's you know, not doing that blurb justice. Every single sentence is just about pulling the reader to the next sentence and getting them to click that button. This is why it's so great to have a crew of author besties on your site. So ideally, 
your crew of author besties. You're all right in the same genre and you're all also readers of that genre so you know what readers want, you know what entices you as a reader. And so when you've got this crew together, and it could just be three or four people, might even only be one person, you can then workshop each other's blurbs. So if you can write a rough blurb, and you can get kind of the gist of the story down, then you can flick that off to your author besties, your author crew, and they'll fiddle with it, and they'll chop and change it, and they'll cross things out, and they'll they'll come up with you know, with ideas that you might never have had. And they'll be able to look at that blurb through fresh eyes, through readers' eyes, and they will make it amazing. So I do this all the time with my author crew. And, you know, they do it it for me, I do it for them, and at the end of the day, we all have wicked blurbs that are really enticing and really exciting and make readers want to hit that button. The other tip that I have about blurbs is to actually write the blurb before you write the book. And I find this so useful because I find that if I cannot write an enticing blurb about a book, then perhaps the book is not going to be enticing. And that saves me a lot of time, you know, writing stories that don't quite work. Because I can see right from the beginning, oh, I can't quite mash it together the way I thought I could. I'm not quite being able to convey the awesomeness of it through this blurb. And so if you're that type of writer, writing the blurb before you actually write the story, it's a really awesome idea and I definitely encourage you to try it. So we all make mistakes. Hell, this entire podcast is going to be filled with me telling you about the mistakes I've made. But the really cool thing about mistakes is that we get to learn lessons from them. And we're never going to forget those lessons because we still cringe about the mistake. So now I am super strict about covers. I won't stop until I get the perfect cover. And if a cover's not working, I don't hesitate to change it and to try something different. Not the last book, but the book before that, I actually went through three different covers before I settled on the one that it is now. And that's because the first two covers, which were absolutely stunning, did not hit the market in the way that I wanted them to. And I knew it was the problem with the cover. Not because the covers were bad, because they were done by amazing artists and they were absolutely fantastic, but they just didn't quite hit the market. And sometimes you, you know, even experienced authors sometimes don't get this quite right. And so that's why, you know, that's what's so cool about being self-published, is that we can actually change the cover. Super easy to do. What separates an author who's really serious about making a career from their self-publishing is that they will push through the discomfort of what's not working and they will make those changes. They will change the cover. They will edit their work. They will change up the blurb. Even if that means, for example, getting rid of a cover that you're really attached to or that you paid a lot of money for or you know, having to have a hard conversation with a, you know, a designer or an editor who you know, might be a friend of yours. But if we want to succeed as self-published authors, then sometimes we just we have to do these things. That's all for today. I hope you found this wee story about my utter failure to do Facebook ads the first time round really useful. If you've got a question that you want to ask me about self-publishing, or writing, or building a career as an author, then head over to the Rage Against the Manuscript Facebook group, 
or email me at steph at rageagainstthemanuscript.com and I will be happy to talk about your particular question in a future episode of the podcast. For more cool free stuff for writers and for more info about my self-publishing books and courses, head over to www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. That's all from me. Happy writing. <laughs>